Well, hello, everybody. This is Nadia from Homeschool 101. Hope you guys are doing great. Um, hey, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit today about something I've touched on before, but I thought it was worth um, talking a little bit more about it. And it is about how do you keep kids um, that you're homeschooling motivated or focused or paying attention uh, when you're teaching them. Um, over the years, I've found that that's one of the biggest challenge um, of homeschooling is, you know, making sure that the kids are, um, you know, involved and um, showing up with their best, um, you know, uh, effort in place, making sure that they're motivated, making sure that they're even interested. And I think um, it changes over time, you know, what works for um, a homeschooler or preschooler or kindergartner uh, is going to be different than what works for, say, a third grader, fourth grader, and now eighth and fifth grade that I'm dealing with. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And um, we'll just start from the basics. And I think for um, younger kiddos, you know, kids anywhere from kindergarten, moving all the way up to maybe second grade, one of the most important things um, I found that keeps them motivated, keep them interested, is making sure that uh, the learning is fun. The learning is exciting. There's some element of colorfulness and playfulness involved that keeps them focused and keeps them interested. Um, and uh, I talked about this before, and that cements uh, for the child a love of learning. And so, um, you know, when you have younger kids that you're dealing with, you want to make sure that you show up um, excited and um, in a playful way and make it um, make the learning process a fun thing. And so you implement a lot of, um, you know, singing and a lot of maybe dancing and moving and movement into the whole learning learning process. And, you know, things like, you know, learning your ABCs, make it fun, a fun thing, uh, make it a playful thing, make it something where you're moving and you're having fun and you're laughing. And um, same thing with with any anything. If you're reading a storybook, make sure that you you put in a lot of excitement and a lot of enthusiasm and emotions as you're reading um, the story to your child and and read it with with uh, emotion and with excitement. And that will help them to stay focused. It will help them to um, actually be participa participatory. It will help them to want to be involved and it will help them to not be so distracted. So again, if we're dealing with, if you're dealing with younger kids, younger grades, I would suggest that one of the main things to keep them focused and involved is making um, it fun and playful, whatever you're learning. The learning process should be fun and playful, should be colorful, and it should be done in a way where um, sitting time is um, segmented out for shorter periods. So don't expect a young child to sit for long periods of time. Uh, break up the learning um, as you go so that, you know, you have um, periods of uh, learning time, periods of fun time, and then you can have snack time. And then you can have what we used to enjoy a lot as a family when the boys were younger was circle time. So just sitting down on the floor um, together in a little circle it was just the three of us, but we made a little circle on the floor and reading a book together. And then, um, you know, you read the book and then the learning piece comes about when 
you know, you might read a story and then you start teaching them about setting. What's the setting? And you talk about the setting of the story and you talk about the characters of the story and you talk about the plot. And, um, you know, that can all be done in a fun way. It doesn't have to be that you're sitting, uh, you know, stoic and and uh, quietly in a desk area or a seated area, but you actually can sit down and and have mat time like you would maybe if you went to the library sometimes for story time where you'd actually just sit down and have story time where you're sitting in a circle and learning. So, and for math, um, for example, for younger kids, what I found was most helpful and fun for them was if you had like a, um, you know, you use, use the wall as a, as a, as a, learning board. So I would paste up big sheets of paper and we'd, you know, I would put out, you know, one plus one is two and, you know, different mathematical um, equations that I wanted them to learn and the, all the fact families, additional uh, addition fact families, you know, and put them out on the board and, you know, let it be a fun thing. So they're, they're, they're participating in a loud and boisterous way. Uh, during this time, it's not necessarily um, a good thing to try to do it sitting down quietly, because like I said, you're going to lose the kids in terms of their, um, attention span and their interest. But if you make it fun and you make it something where they're participating, it's a great thing. Um, as the kids got older, I found out that what kept them entertained and what they kept them focused. And I say entertained, um, and I use the word lightly because, you know, you want to be entertained to a certain extent when it's not, um, taken away from the learning process. And so what we've done over the years is we've, um, I have a bell that we use and imagine, just imagine like a, uh, um, like a game setting. And so when we were learning different facts, for example, like we were learning the, uh, capitals of the states and, um, different mathematical facts, if we're learning our times tables, then I would have both boys, um, participate in like a game type setting and so that's something else that I would throw out for you guys that if you can just to keep them involved and excited about learning make it a fun process so you can always make different things more fun um, and not just like a traditional learning so for example if you do a math and you're learning your times table you can do it where you have a little bell and you have to ring in with the answer. So you might ask six times three is what? And the first child that that dings in, um, you know, is the one to answer. And it breeds a lot of um, uh, friendly competition. It breeds a lot of pride in their knowledge because they're excited about being the first one to answer. Um, and even if you have just the one child, an only child, then I would suggest you implement this too. So you could have like a little bell where um, you ask the question, like, like what's, say it's a, a, a kindergarten or you're dealing with and you say, well, what's two plus two? And then you let the child ding in on the bell and answer four, you know, and then you, you give them some praise and affirmation for answering correctly. And if you have more than one child, it's even more fun because they can make it into a game setting and that's a blast. Um, so uh, that it has continued to be something that we turn to um, in our day-to-day -day learning process. Wherever I can, I make it into a game setting, and the boys absolutely love it. So what we what we have right now is we I have them both. They have a um, for for example, this morning we were learning um, and we re, re, re 
learning um, uh, our math facts. And so, um, you know, David at fifth grade, he's uh, still cementing all his times table. Daniel, of course, knows all his times table, but he's still a good thing for him to to practice them. And so both of them have a dry erase pad and I give them, um, I throw out, you know, questions at them, you know, for example, what's nine times six? And they have to write it on their pads as fast as they can and then ding in and ring in and then they get a point whoever rung in first and got, and got the answer correctly. And I might give them something like, uh, this morning I gave them, uh, they both had the same amount of points, and so we had to have a tiebreaker. And so I gave them uh, just a multiplication um, a multiplication question, and it was 675 times 15. And they were both, they both started at the same time, and they rang in. Daniel actually rang in first that he was finished, but he actually got the the question wrong because he missed one tiny thing he forgot to carry one number and david the younger one actually got it and so he actually won the contest this morning and it was just exciting both of those were excited daniel was disappointed that he didn't win but then he gave him that in that enthusiasm to think about hey next time i'm gonna win, win the game so that's something to think about um implementing the game setting if you have more than one child and even if you don't um even with one child, you can just make it a fun game-like setting if you're learning different facts. Um, the other thing that I realized as the kids got older is just positive um, rewards and positive affirmations and uh, affirming of what they're doing. That helps a lot. And especially um, today, you know, was one of those days, we all have those days where um, it's Monday. I'm trying to get as much done because my plate is full for work and my plate is full for my household duties and my plate is full for homeschooling. And this morning, the boys were a little bit more boisterous than normal. And so I said, okay, guys, um, uh, for the rest of the week, I'm going to be marking off whether or not you guys did well or not. If you guys do really well, you sit and you're not being disruptive. Uh, you're not, um, you know, playing around too much, then we'll have donuts at the end of the week. I'm going to go to you guys Krispy Kreme donuts, and we'll have a Krispy Kreme donut day on Friday. And that really encouraged both of them, and that really got both of them to be excited, and it became like a contest for the two of them to see who could be better with keeping quiet and not making any noise because both of them were encouraged about having donuts at the end of the week. Um, so that would be something else I would advise is that, um, you know, give them something to look forward to. Um, you know, it's a little bit, my, some folks might say it's bribing, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's just, um, positive reward for good behavior. So, um, that's something else that we've used and we continue to use. And I think it works really well with both the boys. Um, and another thing I, I've been doing, which is so much fun, is we play the um, silence in the court uh, game. And I don't know how many of you guys know that, but it's it's a little funny saying that I learned when I was a child. And it goes, silence in the court, monkey wants to speak, speak, monkey, speak, whoever speaks after me is a monkey. And then we're all quiet. And so when I'm trying to get the boys to be quiet and, and um, 
focus on what they're doing. If they're doing busy work, you know, they're trying to do a quiz or something like that. Um, I start that out and I say, okay, guys, we're going to do the silent game. And whoever speaks first, it's going to lose. And you know, boys and kids are so, they, they love a challenge. And so that works for the two of them. And they're like trying really hard to be quiet. And they have, I give them permission to speak if it's school involved, but if it's something that just, they just want to go off on a tangent or digress, um, they can't. And so both of them try so hard to stay quiet and focused on what they're doing. So that's another thing that I would advise for you guys to maybe do just again, some fun suggestions to help keep the kids focused to keep them um you know in the game in terms of being quiet and focused on what they're supposed to be doing um so try those things guys if they're younger like i said um your kiddos are younger make it more about having fun and um light hearted and you'll keep them more focused and more involved and more willing to participate that way as opposed to just having them sitting down trying to be quiet just focused on learning but if you make the learning process um, fun and colorful um, by singing songs um, by doing circle time for um, literature and, and uh, book reading they'll love that when they're especially when they're younger and as they get older positive enforcement and positive rewards seem to work best and so for example like i just shared with you you know telling the boys that if they do well we're going to get donuts at the end of the week uh, and that really motivated them because we don't do a lot of sweets now so when i told them that they were both so excited and i told them i'm going to be marking off the days as we go so i'm going to put either a, a, a plus sign or a negative sign on each day and by the end of the week depending on how many Plus signs we have, we have more plus signs than negative signs, and we're going to get donuts, and and that's um, motivating them to to do really well this week. But again, it's just about getting creative. Sometimes um, you're not always going to need these little tools on their belt to keep the kiddos focused. But on those days when you do, uh, those are things that I've used and I see work really well, and I would suggest that you guys try them out as well and see how it works for you. So, um, hope that was helpful. Um, hope that made sense. Again, if you guys ever have any questions, suggestions, um, something that you're wondering about, uh, believe me, you're not in the boat on your own. If you have a question, uh, you can rest assured that somebody else has that question. So if you have a question you want me to address or, you, or something that, you know, you're just kind of confused about, uh, go ahead and email me. I'm happy to answer any questions on, on future podcasts or or just address whatever concerns you may have. You can email me at homeschools at 101 at gmail.com. That's homeschools101 at gmail.com, and I will address your questions. Um, otherwise, guys, I just wish you all the best. Remember that you've got this. You are born to do this, and together we'll make sure that we have the best, the most fun, the most successful homeschool experience ever. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk again in the next podcast. Bye-bye.